Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is the next episode of the Ecom Show and today I have a special guest, John Hill, and I'm really glad that uh, he's here with us. Um, we will we will talk about uh, a lot of different topics and um, his, his background is not really uh, e-commerce actually, but um, he's, he has a different background and this is why I wanted to invite him because we've been working together for a for a while and he helps our agency and even our clients from a very different aspect and um, as as I said before I want this podcast to be about not just e-commerce but business and and business principles how you can build a team how you can communicate with other people and I think John is a is a is a great person a great expert in communication um, sales and ma- in many different things, as you will see. So, hey, John, um, it's my pleasure that you are here today. Man, that was an outstanding intro. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for asking, and I'm glad we were able to get it scheduled. Awesome. So, before we jump into the nitty gritty, so how how we met? I think we met. I think we met uh, almost two years ago or one, one and a half year ago. And back then, I remember I just kind of started out my my agency um, and and I was struggling with uh, communication and, and sales, getting clients and and we met on Facebook or, or, or. Yeah, I think it was in that digital agency owners group that uh, we're both in. I think that that's how we first got connected. Yeah, 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 and and then we we got connected, and you started helping me with uh, communication with potential clients, and and with with actually now uh, some of them um, they they seem to be basic for me. For example, not to be needy or you know not to chase uh, um, business owners all the time and all of these things, and and. Uh, Last year, you started um, coaching not just me, but um, our account managers, and and uh, after that, our business uh, development person. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's a long journey, and still, you know, just n- not in a long time. So so yeah, we we we've done a lot of things together. Um, can you tell us? more about uh, your background and and how you got into this uh, this world in, in the world of business basically and and coaching yeah um so i've got a couple of people in my life who are the main reasons why i think and approach sales and communication the way that i do and one of them was a business partner um, in a website design agency that, you know, he took a big flyer on me. He said, do you want to come in and help me build this? I said, yes. And we were just sales guys. We were, we were not developers and we were just focusing on how to communicate better. One of the first things he did, he said, you need to go take this assessment so I can work with you better. And I pushed back and said, I don't need to take an assessment to, to sell, right? Uh, this is nonsense. And he said, if you don't do this, we're not going to work together. And this is a very laid back guy. He doesn't make mountains out of molehills on a regular basis. So I said, okay, cool. I'll go take the assessment. And I went in and met my very first kind of coach, uh, Scott, and going over the assessment and the results of it, I found out that I'm not, I'm not a unique snowflake, right? Which I, I didn't really think anyway, but Sometimes when you're like in selling and, you know, in business, you can feel like you're on an island. Like, why is it so hard to have really good conversations with people? How come people don't get it? And in that meeting, he went over all the things about why I struggle in some of those situations. And it's not individual to me. It's part of my personality. And so for me, I hear that and I think, 
oh, if this is a personality segment, that, that means other people have done this and they have figured it out. So let me go try to surround myself with people like that. And that was kind of the very first step in, oh, assessments have value because it was showing me very specifically who I was by showing me who I wasn't. And so now when I'm selling or trying to communicate, I'm always thoughtful, thinking about who is this person and what do they really need and fr- from a conversational or coaching standpoint to have trust and to, and to be with me. And that is where things started to shift for me. And then after that, it's time and reps and exposure and ongoing reinforcement. But that first step of sitting in that office and hearing, oh, you know, wanting lots of details is not an individual thing. It's part of a personality set was where it all started. When was this? How many years ago? Uh, this was in, uh, let's see, I was still working for Al. And um, Al is a guy who, I, I have a podcast called Sales Throwdown. We talk about sales and personalities and Al was on that show. And um, Al was my boss and he was my first B2B sales boss and I struggled a lot. And so I was trying to make a move and um, got an opportunity to go work with Jeff. So this is probably 2012. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, eight mm-hmm. years ago now. Wow. And since then, what, what, what changed? You know, there's, there's this idea that I've been playing with of like, you don't know where the plateaus are, right? And so, you know, you're just looking up at the mountain and you're seeing this like, impossible mountain face that you're trying to climb to get to the top, whether that's in business or more, more specific to like marketing or email or any one of these skill sets. But there's plateaus where you can rest along the way. And that rest is helpful, but sometimes you hang out too long in those restful spots and you don't make progress. So mm-hmm. I try to balance it of, you know, where is the where is the area to improve? How do I how do I level up something that's going to be helpful to me next week, next month? And that's kind of how I think about communication and sales and everything in businesses. Let's shore up the weakest point because that's going to benefit me more than trying to squeeze that last bit of juice out of that thing that's already doing very very well for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, um, I know that you are a huge fan of DISC, which is a mm-hmm personality test and please tell us more about this um the disc types or uh, in a different uh, environment i i heard um, a different analogy like red personality or blue or green or yellow mm-hmm. but i think these mean the same so so what is it um and and i think the audience who don't know what it is they are they are interested to know more about this and Also, why it is useful for them to, to use this? Yeah, great question. So DISC is essentially breaking people down into four different quadrants. And it's important to note that most people are not just one quadrant. You know, there's a mix, right? So these are not black or white states. The, this is about where your comfort zone is. And growth happens outside of your comfort zone. But until you really know where your comfort zone is and how you view things outside of your comfort zone, There, it's really hard to go work on those things. So DISC is breaking people into four quadrants, right? We have the D, which is, stands for dominant, right? Dan is a D. He is very task-driven. He's very gut-driven. And because of that, he can sometimes rub people the wrong way, right? It's not intentional. It's just how he communicates. I is for influencers, right? And these are people who need to be the center of attention. This is your typical entrepreneur, right? They've got great ideas. They're not always great at like the day-to-day execution of some of these things that are necessary to like move big projects, but they've always got good ideas. They're always the center of a party. And then you have the S's, right? S's are like great team members, right? HR people, counselors, therapists, you know, people who are really good listeners. And then you have C's and C's are the engineer, the CPA, the, the, the people who like facts and data. And, and that's where I live. I, I'm a C. So the knowing that different, let me, let me change how, how I'm going to say that. Most people try to sell and communicate the way that they communicate without any thinking that maybe they need something else in the conversation. So what that means for someone like Dan, who's a D, right? Is that very, very task driven. Dan doesn't look at a barrier as a barrier. He just looks at it as like, cool, I'm going to run through this thing. So sometimes in his conversations with people who are not living in that D state or in that D segment, he's got to come off of that. Just go get it. 
attitude because he's got to be able to communicate in a way that actually builds up his team so that way they go do the hard stuff that he knows that they're capable of. It's about motivating people the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, John. And I think uh, the reason why DISC is amazing because there are only four different types. And uh, it's, you know, for example, in the Myers-Briggs, there are 16 types. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are other tests, other types, and um, and there is only four here. And even if uh, e- even if you have a few minutes or a few seconds to talk to someone, it's uh, it's kind of easy to figure out uh, which type this which type this person is um, based on their reactions, how they talk, um, and and on all of these things. So I think this is why in sales. And uh, in marketing, in team communication, it's a great tool. And in hiring as well, because relatively fast, you can figure out which type this person is. Um, D, I, S, or C. Um, What do you think? Um, A few days ago, I talked to my flatmates and they came up. uh, They also know about DISC and they came up with this idea that um, based on the types, which type uh, you are, your empathy, your level of empathy is different. They told me that a D uh, has usually less empathy, while S has more. Um, is it true, or or it's not? Um, co- it doesn't correlate with with the types. So that's a really good question. And empathy is. There's there's a scale to it, right? And the cool thing about DISC is is that it is simple, right? And I like it for that same reason because in a conversation, I don't really have time to figure out are they an INTJ, an IFFJ, or you know all yeah. those different variants. Oh, alphabet, yeah. So the empathy is one of the things that that there's going to be a scale and a range to it, but it's like that with everything, right? It's it's like that with conflict. It's like that with. Um, you know, your mindset, you know, there, there's going to be people who have it and then some people who have less access to it. The thing to remember is that when you're not stressed, you have access to everything inside of your comfort zone, but the more stressed out you get, the more you're going to retreat to where you're strong. Right. And so for a guy like me who likes facts and figures, when I, when I get stressed out, I lose empathy. I lose access to anything creative and I just put my head down and keep doing the reps. And I don't think about, are these the right reps? Are these the things that I should be doing? It's just, this was the plan. Let's keep working the plan. And so it's the, how much stress you're currently operating under is a key indicator to what you have access to that you might have built as part of your toolkit, but you don't come across it naturally. Because I can be an empathetic guy, but there are times where I have to go tell my, my family, you know, my, my, my girlfriend and my daughter, okay, look, I'm, I, I've got a lot on the plate. So if I'm short with you guys, it's not because I'm angry or irritated. It's just, I'm in task mode. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of our, like around the house lingo, right? My, my girlfriend will come up and she'll say, Hey, are you frustrated? No. Well, are you, are you just in task mode? I am. Okay, cool. I'll get out of the way. But because we have that foundational groundwork, because she knows her disc and my daughter, because of hearing all these conversations and everything, kind of has a pretty good grasp of it as well. And uh, and she understands that she's more people driven than I am. And that sometimes that shows up in ways that we're still figuring out, right? Because, you know, the, the way you communicate is it's important to your team. It's important to your family. It's important to your flatmates. I mean, communication is a huge, huge skill that we don't really think about enough. And honestly, I didn't give it enough credit either until I started to realize that that this was a way that would help me sell better, right? Which is kind of the wrong way to look at it, but that's where I was stuck for a very long time. You know, it's only been, Mm -hmm. I would say rather recently that I've kind of leveled up, right? As cocky as that sounds about knowing this stuff without having to like focus on it and think about it. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I, I heard a great phrase about communication. Um, the level of your communication um, defines the level of your life, or 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 you know uh, your the quality or uh, the quality of your communication defines the quality of your life. And I really like this phrase, um, especially these days when more and more things are auto automated. Um, 
communication is more and more important because it it, it cannot be automated or or at least not a human touch even if we have chatbots and and uh, f- you know facebook ads and and emails and everything but still i think a human touch uh, cannot be automated so communication is becoming more and more important so um, can, I, can i make a, yeah. a note about that yeah you know, sure. so- most of your audience are people who were who were in e- in e-commerce, right? And so, yeah. marketing is hugely important to to any business, right? And niching and being able to speak very very directly to the people who were reading your emails, so that way they know it feels like it's a one-on-one communication, even though it isn't. And the way that you do that is you go through marketing exercises of trying to figure out your target avatar, right? And who are they and getting, getting as nitty gritty as possible. So that way, when you're writing emails and nurturing, you know, uh, you know, drip campaigns and things like this, or, or, or even your posts, it, res- it, it's relevant, right? So they, they see that and they're like, man, this guy knows exactly what I'm doing. He knows exactly what I need. I should buy from them. Like that's, you know, they're like, there's disc inside of that. Right. Because like if you're thinking about, let's say that your target audience is entrepreneurs, right? I am not the target, I'm not the normal entrepreneur mindset, right? I'm a bit of an outlier. So the things that I really geek out on, science and data and really clear expectations and you know, lots of information and starting slow, uh, that's polar opposite of the people that I'm trying to communicate with. Right. So in 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 the process of forming that avatar. Like think about the disc as well, because they're not going to read long emails, right? Unless they're really, really spot on because they're, they're onto the next thing, right? If you're, if you're that kind of personality. So disc plays into that as well, right? If you're talking to, let's say that you're selling a product for, you know, engineers, right? Like that's my, that's my mindset, right? So how do you write to those people in a way that makes them really buy in? Because that's the thing. There's so m- there's so much email. There's so much marketing, right? You've got to be spot on, or else people just keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If uh, <coughs> good point. If uh, someone wants to learn more about this, uh, where they should go? What so yeah, the so the disc methodology has been around for a number of years, and actually, the guy who created it is the same guy who created Wonder Woman, which not a lot of people know. Um, but the methodology has been used and you know modified and co-opted and stuff because there's the colors one you know that you're talking about a moment ago there's an animal version of it and stuff like this but there there were the free assessments which when you and i started talking i said hey should we do this and you were like no i'll just take the free one and then whenever we were uh working together to bring on a salesperson for you we 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 went through the whole process so um i'm curious did you get more value out of going through the full process, right? And paying for the assessment than you did when you oh, did the that, it, It's, it's, it's even hard to compare, you know, there, there is such a big difference. Like, um, because back then, um, I did a lot of free, uh, tests and not just this, but Myers Briggs and the big five and all of these. And, um, you know, it's fun and, and, and you do it and you are curious and you read the assessment, the results. But when um, we did this uh, paid assessment, when we wanted to hire a salesperson, um, they completed the, the test. And um, it was a very long uh, assessment, like 10 or 20 pages long. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just like you are a D or you are a C. It was much way much more than that so um we can we we could see different uh, ranges um this person is more like uh, uh she she's better in in written communication or verbal communication and in many different things and my favorite part was this test could even tell us uh not not only what uh type this person is but um um what type of person she or he wants to be so i remember someone was a very hardcore i but she wanted to be a d do you remember that um and and that's amazing so because people they wear masks um in their jobs in even in their relationships many times so that was quite interesting to see um 
So these paid assessments, if you have the budget for this and you have the reason to do it, I, I hardly, I, I really recommend uh, taking um, this kind of test. Um, you know, the, the one more point to make about that is that is that it's largely individualistic, right? Because, you know, when, when we were going through the process of bringing on your salesperson and doing these assessments, we were talking very specifically about how you communicate, right? And Dan... It, Dan does a great job of keeping everybody in the loop, bringing a lot of clarity and being really open and honest with his team in a way that I don't see a lot of other agency owners do. Um, and so he really wants to do the right things. But Dan knows that he's a D, right? You know, we we worked together for you know a while. And so we talked about some of his stuff and how some of the things that he says don't even register on his radar as being abrasive. But to the other person, it comes across very abrasive because Dan is Dan's task oriented, right? He's task oriented and he's, and he's gut driven. So he's always looking at, at it through that lens of, yeah, I can do that because I have a history of doing things that are hard, no big deal. So he puts that for lack of a better term pressure on other people around him. So when we were going through the process of, you know, figuring out who to hire and we were assessing them, we were talking very specifically of like, cool, this person is going to struggle taking your feedback. Not because they struggle taking feedback, but because of their personality in relation to yours. And that's where this stuff really comes into play. These are not black and white assessments. And you and you shouldn't say, okay, cool, I'm not going to hire anybody unless they're, they're here and here. The, the better way to have that conversation is, okay, this is me. I'm a C personally. So that means is I'm going to over-communicate. I'm going to give people way too much information and way too many details. So what that means is that if I hire an I, I need to be aware of that because they're not going to have that patience. Like, like they're just going to run away and try to go get busy and they might need some structure about the right way to get busy. But that's, that's on me to know myself as well as how it's going to come across to these people around us. And I think that sometimes that gets lost in these small companies where the owner has been successful on their own and they bring people on and they just expect to, well, I was successful, so just follow me and you'll be successful as well. That's that's a lot of mental assumptions and leaps that you're making there. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And many times uh, there is a gap between the founder uh, and and the employees and mm -hmm. everyone, everyone stresses out, uh, both the founder, both the employees, uh, because there is a gap in the communication there is not uh, enough understandings. We still have this sometimes, so uh, it's a process, it's a learning curve. Yeah. But um, as you said, after a while, um, and you can apply it in your family and in any kind of relationships, um, you, you should understand yourself and the other people as well. Mm -hmm. And I think this, this helps a lot because there are only four types, easy to... Um, you know, easy to uh, implement. It's not like 50 different types. And uh, you can act based uh, on, on these types. And, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good model for, the, for your relationships and for other people. Well, um, what's so funny is whenever, whenever I had shifted away from working just with you and, and was working with, you know, the, the account managers, Ben and Gautier, um, yeah. in the beginning, they had the same resistance to the disc stuff that you did. You know, they, they just wanted, you know, tactics and tricks and gimmicks and like, how do you yeah. handle this? And it took a while because I kept having to ask, okay, what's their disc? What do you think they are, right? And so then we we started having our our conversations like start with that. Okay, how John? Who do you think this person is? Like like why do you think that they're an I, right? And then we would go and we'd look at how they had communicated in email and in Slack and then in, in these ways where you had communication. And we got to the point to where Ben and Gautier were like, oh yeah, this guy's an I, right? And so these little shifts start to happen whenever it's in front of you on a regular basis. And I think that that's the really cool, important thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really helps um, understanding other people, communicating much better. Um, I think where we should help other people, or we could uh, we could help other people. Um, I think there is a lot of mis misbelief about personality tests. Uh, yeah. 
maybe they understand what disk is, but they don't understand what it isn't. Uh, what do you think? What are the most common um, misbeliefs? Because I think uh, many times people, you know, they complete a personality test and after they think that, ah, I'm a bad type, I'm, I'm not good for doing this or that. And they, they, they think it's, it's like a deter deterministic thing that uh, they cannot change um, their personality because of their personality type. So what do you think about this? Um, how, how we should think about this? Uh, is it a fixed thing or, or it can be changed? And if it can be changed, how much? So if, if I, uh, if I a D, I could be a customer support person or, or I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't uh, spend time on that. So this is a good question. I think it depends upon what your motivations are, right? If you're content in whatever version of, of your role or life, then there's not really any need to change because, you know, you're content. The, the, the thing that got me into this was sales, right? Like, like I love it as an individual component now. And, you know, we work with teams to, you know, talk about disc and, and personality stuff. And some people say, well, I'm a Myers-Briggs person. It's like, okay, great. That's, that, that's awesome. But that is such like a, like a harder tool to yield in a conversation than disc is. And so when I'm thinking about communication, I default to disc because it is, it is a blunt instrument. It is, it is easier to use than something like strength finders or Enneagram or culture index personality, because I've taken, I take every personality assessment that I can get my hands on because I learn something about myself each time that I do. So there's value in all of them. But when you're trying to assess it in somebody else's, you need the quickest, bluntest thing possible. So that way you have a chance of modifying the conversation. So that way you can have the conversation that, helps them come out of it with what they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that disc, disc does the, arguably the best job of that because, you know, you can assess it pretty quick. You know, like I'm constantly thinking about, okay, does this person appear to be gut driven or do they appear to be fact driven? Because I need to communicate differently in those two realms. And then are they people driven or are they task driven? Because yeah. once I, once I have the answers to those two questions, Right then I know where they are or more or close enough that it doesn't make sense to go deeper. And then I can have a next level conversation and ma make sure that they get what they need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, good point. Good point. Um, yeah. And, and beside this, what do you think, what is the secret to good communication in, in general with, with, in business, in relationship, is there any big Ooh. secret or, or good tips. I know people love tips, especially marketers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would say, man, that, that's a really good question. Um, I think that, I think a lot of it is zooming out enough that you are aware of the other person and that mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. going to need different things than you are. Right. Like my girlfriend works on my team with me and uh, she's amazing at what she does and we're not in the same personality boat. And so sometimes I get a little too task driven and I am just focused on knocking out stuff on the to-do list and I don't have enough empathy or I don't pause and make sure right. that she understands. What's her personality type? Uh, Melissa is a, is an SC. So very people driven, not a big fan of conflict but is also looking for very clear information and won't start if she doesn't feel like she really knows what, what the rules of engagement look like. And so sometimes that is also me, but I don't always do the best job of saying, okay, cool. Here's exactly what this looks like. Right. And so now I now know that without that extra mile of like, okay, cool. What's going to keep you from feeling comfortable moving forward with this task? And like having that kind of conversation with her so that way she knows, oh, he really wants to help me and really wants me to, to, to go out and kill this thing. Then she's going to make the assumptions that come with her, uh, with her, with her disc type, right. Of, okay, cool. I can't ask too many questions because that's going to look like I don't know what I'm doing or it might make them angry and conflict is something to be avoided and things like that. So I had to go out a little bit further and say, Hey, are you sure? 
You sure there's nothing else? Whereas if I'm talking to someone like you, Dan, like I don't even need to like ask that question, right? Or I don't need to ask the follow-up because when I ask it the very first time, hey, Dan, what do you need from me? You're going to tell me. You're going to tell me exactly what you need. And that makes my life really easy. I need to be able to communicate that same way to get through that, you know, bubble with, with anybody I talk to, no matter what their personality is. Yeah. 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 Um, interesting. And I think this, uh, these disc types, um, so it's not like someone is a D, someone is an I, but it's more like a mix of each uh, category. And uh, some people are, um, but just tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I think of this uh, like a pie chart, like someone is 40% I and 20% D and so on. But sometimes someone is 80% D or, or, you know, like one type is very strong in their personality. Is it how it looks like or? or? Exactly. You know, the, when you do one of the paid assessments, what, what it's going to show you, it's going to show you where you naturally are in these, in these categories, right? So you could be 100% C. You could be... Mm -hmm you know, uh, 70, 20, 10, you might be, you know, so, so there, there is a range to this, right. And then the cool thing about the assessment that we use is it also shows you where you feel you need to be, to be successful in your role, right? Because what happens is when you're constantly being asked to do things that are outside of your comfort zone, you're going to burn out, you're going to get frustrated and then that is when you go looking for the job that's the better fit, you know, and everyone talks about fit these days and it's an important thing to be aware of. But when you're hiring someone like me, right, skill, uh, very data driven graphs, all these things, likes a lot of routine, a lot of process and everything else. And you're going to shove them into a sales role, which is going to be all over the place, right? I mean, every day is kind of like a unique deal the the taxing of the mental process eventually gets to the point where you just can't do it anymore, right? And you burn out. And so when you're hiring and looking at this stuff of like, cool, you're going to struggle with this. How should we handle that? How can I help you do better at that? You know, and it's it's being really, really aware that, A, it's hard to find really good people, right? You know, when when we're talking about building teams, hiring and, and letting people go is... Uh, arguably one of the one of the hardest things about small business because you know you you bring someone on you train them you 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 invest in them and then and then they leave and you got to do the whole thing over again it's incredibly frustrating well most of that whenever it doesn't go well is on is on us as the owner right it's not on the person right cuz they they just saw an opportunity and and raised their hand right as the owner we got to make sure can i work well with this person and if not why not is it just a communication thing? Is it a skill set thing? Is it a culture thing? And going a little bit deeper than just, oh, I like this person, right? The people you like are the people who are most like you, right? I, I have some of my best conversations are with like engineers and CPAs and these people who are very much like me. And sometimes when I'm talking to people who are who are in sales and are more of that kind of traditional sales kind of personality makeup, it's those are some of my most uncomfortable conversations, right? So. You can't just hire around people that you like, you know, you, you should be thoughtful about what kind of skill sets the people need in the roles and then hire around that. Yeah. 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 And uh, many times it will happen that you hire someone and then you realize this person is not good at, uh, at something and you have to just reorganize, reorganize because you always want to use the strengths of everyone in the team you you don't want to push on the weaknesses i remember one our uh, senior uh, account manager ben um, i wanted him to create our processes and checklists all of these he's a very uh, people-oriented guy loves talking very communicative guy but he's he's not good at checklists and and sops and um, after I, I tried to push him for weeks, I remember, and then I, I didn't know what to do with him because he he was clearly not good at this. And then I think I we we even talked about this, and um, and uh, finally I just gave this task to someone else, and now it's it's all good. Uh, that new person is a C, and she's very good at this. 
while a band can focus on communicating with people and and all of these so yeah it's it's crucial um in good to great they talk about this idea of the bus right and the bus is going to wherever it's going and he uses the metaphor of having the right people in the right seats on the bus and i think about that all the time because i have been in roles that weren't good fits for me, you know? And when I look back on it, it's a mix of things, but partially it was just because I was being asked to go do things that were so far outside of my comfort zone that until you're aware of it, I mean, there, we, we use the term blind spots, right? And they're called blind spots because you don't, you can't even see them. Like, like you don't even know that there's anything on the other side of this thing until you get to the point where you can see past it. And it's like, Oh, there's all of this over here. Like, why didn't I know about this thing, right? And then we we tend to beat up on ourselves for not having that knowledge, which is kind of an unreasonable expectation. But there's there's always more, right? So like trying to zoom out, you know, outside of yourself and, you know, okay, cool. What do I need in this role? Well, I need someone who's going to be this and this and this and this and this. Okay, great. What do, the, the way that I think about it is like, cool, where does that mean for DISC? Like, does this mean I need a, I need to see a personality type or an I personality type or a D or an, or an S? And yeah. what are the downsides? Because there's a balance to everything, right? And the, and this is something else that's really important. You know, the D who doesn't know that they're a D burns bridges, right? They're they're hard to be around. They're hard to communicate with, you know. But the minute they become self aware and they can and they can temper that a little bit, it becomes different, right? And and Dan, you've done a, a really great job of knowing yourself right so that way when you're communicating with a team you do it in a way that would would lead me to believe that you've been in business for like a good deal longer than you have been so i I wanted to kind of brag on you a little bit because that's awesome yeah and you helped me a lot and 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 the team so yeah Uh, awareness is is very important i think Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, you mentioned the book uh, Good to Great, and I want to mention two more books. One is Never Split the Difference. I think you uh, told me about this book, and I read this. It was uh, written by an ex-FBI investigator, so not uh, by a salesperson or marketing person, but he tells uh, he he tells a lot of uh, strategies, techniques, what you can use when you negotiate or when you do sales or or marketing that's a great book i think that's also one of your favorites right Uh, yeah we talked about that book and the other one would be yeah um well i was going to go down the path talking about that book but uh i'm I'm gonna let you finish your list sorry yeah yeah so the other book would be extreme ownership and um mostly i i also know that you love this book and mostly because of the author and i know you met so maybe if you could uh, tell us more about uh the guy i i, I think many uh people will know him yeah um so so real quick the chris voss book is is excellent if you are if you are in sales or if you are in a position to where you have to get people to take action um it is a it is a phenomenal book um, extreme ownership is, is one of my yearly reads, you know, it, it's on the shelf of the four or five books that I read every year. And with all wow. this COVID stuff, um, mm-hmm. I, I recently kind of went through those books again. Right. And I, and I put together a giveaway, giving away these books and some journaling stuff that has been really impactful for me over the past couple of months. And I'll, I'll talk more, more about that in a minute, but the book is written by this guy named Jocko Willink, who was a Navy SEAL commander in Ramadi. And I heard him on the Tim Ferriss podcast and then I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast. And then I started listening to his podcast. And the idea of extreme ownership is that when you, everything is a product of an action, right? And so when you're, when you're a leader, the actions you make have consequences, right? And nobody wants to work for the leader who's not going to take up the mantle of like, yeah, I made this decision for these reasons. It didn't work out very well, but let's make sure that that doesn't happen again. That, that leader gets respect. You know, the leader who says, Oh, it's the tech's problem or it's my team's problem or it's this guy's problem. It's not my problem. Eventually though, you won't have any people left on the team because they can't buy in. And so this book does a really great job of taking these ideas that are super important to like these small Navy SEAL teams who were asked to do some of the hardest stuff in the world 
And they also take it into business, right? Because here's the deal. If one of the people on your team messes up, whether it's like a delivery or an email or, you know, it could be something as small as like a copy issue, right? Yeah. That's on you, right? And find the reason to figure out how it's on your plate. So that way you can take action to make sure that it doesn't continue to happen because yeah. you, you hired that person, right? So if we have to go back that far of like, cool, I hired this person. So maybe I shouldn't have. And how do we make sure that this stuff doesn't happen again? That to me is how I think about it because the minute you can own it, you can move past it, which it talks about that in the Chris Voss book as well, right? As a salesperson, when you can own the uncomfortable part of this thing, they can't use it against you anymore. So if I'm out there taking ownership of like, oh, you know what? I explained that badly. How far should we back up? That, that's building trust in the, in the conversation in a way that's saying, oh, let me back up because you didn't get it, right? There's a, there's a difference in those two like mindsets. And I got to meet Jocko last summer at a jujitsu camp. I was up there for, for eight days and I didn't know what to expect. I was brand new to jujitsu. I trained in another martial art for a while, but I was still very new to jujitsu. And I get, and I just hear that they're putting on a camp and I'm going to go. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. So I get there and I get to meet him and some of the guys from his team. And he lives by that so much because he was one of the instructors. And so every time that, that somebody had a question, he was like, you know what? That's my fault. I should, I should have explained that better. This guy's been a, been a black belt since like, I think, 06. So, you know, he's been a black belt for 14 years and had been training for a long time before that. Obviously, his success spe- speaks for himself. But in every interaction, he was taking the ownership and the weight of, you know what, you don't have this yet and that's on me. And when you're running a team and you're that driven to make sure that everybody knows their roles and is set up for success, that's where you start to build like fanatical teams because they know that you're going to be by their side and you're there to help them as opposed to why didn't you get that right? You know, kind of deal. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's, that's, that's very interesting uh, to hear. Um, yeah. And in, when you are in the army, you, you learn it very fast because the stakes are high. Uh, when you, you, he was in Iraq, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. In the war. Uh, uh, or, yeah, Iraq. Yeah, Ramadi. Yeah, I, I think I heard something like every third billionaire in the US, they were in the army. Um, oh, really? Hmm. Can you see any correlation between being in the army and being successful in other areas like sports or business or, or anything else in life? What it's come down to for me is is kind of two things, right? It's discipline, right? And, and the way that I think about discipline, when you look up the, the definition, it, it doesn't really line up with like how I think about it. Like I think of definition is doing the hard thing that makes you uncomfortable, even when no one is looking, because there's always that moment of, you know, yeah. this can wait for tomorrow. And then it can wait for tomorrow. And then it can wait for tomorrow. And then all of a sudden you look up and the week is over and you haven't made any movement, right? So the thing that I constantly ask myself, like throughout, throughout my day, as I say, die high. Do I have it? Do I have it in me to do the hard thing right now? Because there's going to be a positive payoff at the end of it. And that's everything from, you know, not, not eating before noon because I'm trying to do some intermittent fasting because I, I want to drop uh-huh. some, some weight to, I need to, uh-huh. to deliver for clients. I've also got a prospect. I've got to run my business. So do I have it in me right now to do this thing? And if not, why? So uh-huh. I don't know that the military is the answer for that for everybody. There's obviously a lot of discipline and a lot of focus inside the military, but I think you get it whenever you're in any situation to where there's a clean mm-hmm. feedback loop, right? For me, mm-hmm. the army was helpful and, and probably foundational whenever I was in the army, but honestly, I'm not that big of a, uh, I'm not, I'm not an army guy, right? Like, like most people, yeah who kind of know me, but don't know that I was in the army would be surprised whenever I say that I was in the military, right? Cause I don't come yeah, across. I was as well. surprised as well, by the way, mm-hmm. you, you seem to be an easygoing guy, you know, like not like super, uh, how to say, uh, like super task oriented and let's get it down. And yeah. 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 And so there's, however you get there, right. For, for me, it was martial arts, right. The, this idea of, you know, if I do this thing five more times, I'm going to be better with each one of those reps than I was before I did those things. So 
you know, you get it from sports, you get it from being competitive, you do it from put, from finding the thing that you love the suck of, right? Like I did Kung Fu for, for 15 years and or, you know, around that time, I've been training martial arts since 2003. And the majority of it was in this one style of Kung Fu. And the thing about it was, is like, I love to practice that. I love to train, you know, and yeah. that happens with enough time under the belt, right? Because one of the things you and I talked about, Dan, very early on was, how important is it to you to write some of these emails and have and have a creative voice in in the emails that you get from your clients? And you shared with me that 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 was really important to you. And then we talked about that in relation to your goals because you had really huge goals. And I said, man, if if you're going to be operating at that level, you're not doing this anymore. You're just managing the people to do this anymore. And how important is that? Because yeah. you got to have that aspect of what you love and the thing that you do, or else you know, you're, you're going to lose touch with it. And I think that's important. Yeah. 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 Great words, John. Um, my last <laughs> question, <laughs> my last question to you. So is there anything that you, you want to add, um, as an extra piece of advice, what, you know, the audience would benefit from, you know, if you are on a team, And maybe that team is just VAs and contractors and, and people like this zoom out past yourself, right? These people are looking to you for, you know, guidance, um, approvals and things like this. So when you have people around you, your first, in my opinion, uh, your first instinct should be, I need to make sure that my people are taken care of. Right. I, I've been, I've been kind of working on this like gratitude practice. And so, Mm -hmm. my goal has been to build a team, right. And to work with really great people and stuff. And now, and now I have that, right. I mean, I've got it with the throwdown, which is a, a, you know, our weekly sales podcast. I'm doing a morning show with a really good friend of mine named Jake. And we just kind of hold each other accountable to doing the hard things each week. And I've got Melissa, who's my, who's my partner for 17 years, right. And, and works on my team. And I'm so much more motivated to give them what they need at the expense at the expense of maybe something that I thought that I wanted, because it is going to be so hard for me to replace any one of those people. I have 11 people between all my various projects on my team that, mm -hmm. that work with me. And it's not, it's not the, it's not that they're my team. You know, they make a decision to come help me and work with me. And, you know, I try to be the best version of myself that I can, but the best version of myself Uh, is going to shift a little bit depending upon what they need to, to, to kind of bring this back to disc. You know, if I was working with Dan, I don't need to give Dan a whole lot of insight, right? If anything, I, I might need to, the insight is much more course correcting than it is like nurturing. Okay, Dan, let's get started. Versus someone like, like me or, or an S type, it's much more nurturing of like, Hey, you're not going to mess anything up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, let's just start. But until you know that there's a difference between those, between those, operating systems, it's not even there. And you come across either too callous or out of touch or someone that people don't want to work with a long time. And then you have to recreate it every so often. And that's, that's terrible. Like, like, yeah, I would not, I would not want to run a business for a long time with a revolving door of people because I'm too hard to work with. Yeah. And that's tiring and, and yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think the concept of uh, extreme ownership helps you a lot. And um, sometimes you will need to fire people because, uh, you know, some people are not a good fit, but that's still your problem. And, and it happens because of your uh, bad decision, what yeah. you made when you hired that person in the past. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, you know, uh, so, so on that point, you know, um, It's funny that you bring that up because I was watching watching an episode of uh, Star Trek, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of a random like tie-in, but uh, but I'm getting there. And the you know the guy uh, in this one episode, there's one person on the crew who's not really pulling their weight, and so a couple of guys want to get rid of him, and so they go to the captain, Captain Picard, mm -hmm. and they go up to him and they say, "Hey, you know this guy, he's not he's not Enterprise material, like 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 he just doesn't get it." And um, the captain is like, "Look." we can pass this problem off to somebody else, but that's too easy. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go make that person your best friend. I want you to understand their motivations and I want you to know them as well as you can know anybody. And if you do all that and you still don't think that there's a spot for them on this team, then you come back and you let me know. 
And Jocko talks about this all the time on his podcast. Um, I don't know how much it, it goes into in the book, but Jocko's got a podcast. Uh, they're, they're fairly long episodes, but they're, they're, they're good if you can put in, the, put in the work. But he goes, look, you should feel bad about, hire, about firing somebody if you haven't given them every ounce of every tool that you can find to yeah. make sure that they're set up for success. Because otherwise, you're just taking the easy way out. Right. And, yeah, and the yeah. more you do that, the easier that that option becomes. So just take the easy way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, great point. So so, yeah, thank you, John. Um, I think you you we, we dissected into a lot of different areas and why communication is so important, how it can help your business, your family life, your relationships overall. And uh, we also mentioned a few great uh, authorities in this topic. Check out uh, the two books, Extreme Ownership uh, by Jocko Willing. And the other one was Never Split the Difference by uh, Chris Voss. And John, uh, if anyone wants to uh, contact you, where they can find you? Great question. Thank you. Um, johnsmallmountain.com is kind of my personal brand, personal blog, where I talk about this stuff. And, you know, the, the, the mission statement, if you will, is I'm trying to give myself advice that would have been helpful three to five years ago. So mm-hmm. I kind of talked wow. from that point of view. Um, right now I'm doing a giveaway um, because as I've talked about, I've, I've been revisiting my, my annual books and extreme ownership is on that list, right? It's extreme ownership. It's <clears throat> the inner game of tennis. It's the obstacle is the way it's mindset. And I, Oh, the power of full engagement. And these are books that have been recommended to me over and over and over again, and I've read them, and now they're part of my my annual kind of reading list. So I'm doing a giveaway. It's going to be running for the next month. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but um, I'll put a link in your in your Facebook groups. So that way, if anybody wants to like sign up for it, they can. Um, but yeah, the those books are super important and impactful um, because they are going to influence how you communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, we will also add uh, the links of the books and your website and uh, all of these uh, below the be- the episode on our website and uh, everyone can find it there. So, uh, John, thanks again for uh, coming today, sharing these uh, amazing uh, tips and, and, and strategies and uh, just, you know, how to communicate better with people. Um, yeah, and... Uh, Our next episode is coming uh, next Thursday. Every Thursday we are coming with a new episode. Uh, So stay tuned, everyone. Um, Thank you for listening. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. And you tell Ben that whenever he's ready to play some poker, we can figure that out because I'm going to crush him. (laughs) Amazing. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Buday Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together. <laughs>